So, this morning I had to throw away a pair of neoprene rubber boots. Bog boots, which I like because they tend to be, excuse me, more lightweight than, say, muck boots. And I like having a pair of boots that I can just stomp into to go outside in slushy weather, but these boots have uh, some sort of crack or hole that I cannot find right on the ball of my right foot. And I was standing in slush and I just got a ton of water in my foot. And so I came inside, threw them out and ordered a pair of insulated extra tough boots because the uninsulated extra tufts that I've been wearing have held up better than bog boots have in the past. I've had these short extra tough boots uh, for more than a year now. They show no signs of cracking or leaking, whereas bogs tended to last a season. And so they just must be made of different material, better quality material that lasts longer. I don't know where they're made. I know that bogs are probably made in China. Uh, at any rate, I had been avoiding throwing these boots out because, you know, I can't find the spot. If I could find a spot, I'd stick some shoe goo in there or something, but I literally cannot figure out where they're leaking from. I don't think I stepped on a fastener, um, which would be the other sort of logical choice if there's some sort of puncture hole in it. So I suspect it's a crack deep down inside one of the creases of the sole that's letting water in when, when it flexes. And, uh, but the reason I'm telling you this is because for months now, maybe ever since last year, uh, pretty early on into getting them, they have been doing this, but not terribly so. Um, not as bad as today. And so I've just been putting up with it, you know? And I think we put up with a lot of stuff that doesn't hit a certain threshold of, you know, well, this sucks, I'm gonna change it. <clears throat> and then this, today it did hit that threshold very clearly and I changed it in two minutes. I had found the thing that I wanted instead and ordered it and I will not have to think about this again. You know, it cost whatever, 150 bucks or whatever to buy a new pair of boots, but we can afford that. And not every problem, depending on your means, is going to be able to be fixed so easily. The thing that I find interesting is that um, it's not as simple as you should um, lower your threshold of what you will tolerate. That's what I originally thought when I was thinking about you know, how should, what is the what is the lesson here for me about this? Because it's not as simple as you could look at it and say, well, you should just lower your threshold for what you would tolerate, and then you will end up with you know fewer subpar thing, you know sub optimal things that you're tolerating. Uh, the problem is that there's lots of times in life when you have no choice and you must be good at tolerating things that you are suboptimal because 
Uh, well, if you break under that, things get even worse. So actually what it seems to me is that the mechanism is, if you can change it, you should try to have as low a bar as possible for triggering that change to make things better, right? Uh, and sort of be open to changing it in any way that moves it towards better. It doesn't have to be perfect, just whatever moves it towards better, right? So like uh, an example would be something, you don't like something about your house, right? Um, oh, here's a great example. We have a door in the upstairs of our house that was originally painted with oil paint. Um, and then somebody painted over it with latex paint. And after many years, all the latex paint flaked off, I think aided by our children's picking fingers, right? Once it started to flake, they were like, ooh, and picked it until it was basically gone on most of the door. Now, I could take the time to scrub this door back and, or prime it with something that's gonna allow me to transition from oil to latex. But when I had the paint going the other day for some other thing, I just painted the door. Now, sure, in 10 years it might flake again, but in the meantime, we have a door that doesn't look like absolute crap, and it was a step in the right direction. And so, uh, you know, I, I think you can sometimes get bogged down with this idea of like, well, the perfect thing to do for this would be to do this. And given that I don't have time or energy or resources to do the perfect thing, I'm going to wait until I can do the perfect thing. And I think that's a mistake. I think the goal should be, if you can do something about it, however small, about any situation in your life, do that thing, because that will make your life better. If you can't do something about it, right? The train is late, your child has some sickness. Uh, well, actually that's not true, because you can do something about a child having a sickness. There's lots of things you can do. And, child is sick, there's lots of things you can do when the train is late. Um, you know, dinner's in the oven, and it's just going to be another 10 minutes, right? Um, well, even that one, you could pull out some more d'oeuvres. Uh, I'm struggling to think of somebody acted shitty to you, and you wish they hadn't acted shitty to you. Well, no, that one, you know, you could, you could talk to them and try to negotiate a better relationship with them or set some standards. Hmm. Uh, okay. There's a war on the other side of the world. And people are up in arms about it and at odds with it. And you don't know where you stand. And, uh, and you just don't want to take part. Well, even then, I feel like you could decide that you would like to foster relationships across the board between people who disagree with you and people who agree with you and between those people. And I guess I'm struggling to come up with things where you couldn't do something. But in all of those things where you couldn't do something, that's not going to... Mm, there's still going to be a, a certain amount of tolerance. Um, well, because sometimes you decide that there's a trade-off, right? Um, here's a classic one. You're in a, uh, you're in a job that you don't love, that you really kind of hate, but you're supporting your family 
and you're actively looking for the next thing that you can do that you would like better. But in the meantime, there's a certain amount of, you know, sucking up and grinning and bearing it that you need to do just because it's not right to pull the rug out from under your family um, and you're holding down the fort. Uh, right? Or you're, you're on a hike, it's getting dark, you have to get to where you're going, you're in pain, but you just have to get it done and deal with it um, because that's the best, smartest move under the circumstances. There's, there are situations in life where even though you could do something about it, and you should, uh, there, there's still going to be plenty of tolerating it. And so for things, uh, it's not quite as clean as I'd hoped it would be. I'd hoped it would be as clean as for things that you can't do anything about, have a high tolerance threshold. For things that you can do something about have a low tolerance threshold. I guess it's kind of like that, the Lord's Prayer, right? God, God grant me the wisdom to... Uh, change things that I can change to tolerate things that I can't change and the wisdom to know the difference, something like that. Um, what I see a lot of is people get themselves stuck in situations that are okay. But I'm going to turn around. This is some slushy conditions. Uh, Glad I'm not wearing those other boots. People get themselves stuck in situations where things are okay, but they're really not great. And um, and the risk involved with making a change that would move them towards things that they would perhaps want in life feels like such a great risk that they stay where they are because at least it's safe in the short term. And the problem is, is that if you have a high tolerance of things that you could change, um, you often end up less safe in the long term because things will slowly get worse and worse and worse and then all of a sudden you're facing a much bigger problem than you would be if you would only do whatever you could do in the moment to make things better right your situation deteriorates your relationships deteriorate your physical health deteriorates if you simply put up with something because you have a high tolerance for things, uh, well, that's going to come back and bite you eventually. Equally bad is to have a low tolerance for things that you can't change. Right? This is the classic parental dilemma. There are situations that can't be helped. Your child is whining and complaining and you're saying to them, look, you're just going to have to be tough because this is not going to get better uh, just because you um, just because you're upset about it and we just need to be tough now I also feel like those moments are great moments for showing your kid that there's always something you can do and 
And so I suppose there's a there's a trap in all all the different directions. I'm asking myself right now, can I think of a trap where you might be tempted to always make a change uh, to get out of situations when they aren't good? And I guess, yeah, you know, like a classic example would be if you find yourself getting out of relationships as soon as there's any problems, as soon as there's any issues. Uh, and I think a lot of what that stems from is a lack of awareness that there is a trade-off in life, that there's some things, in order to get to some of the good things, you need to, uh, how am I trying to say this? That working to make things better doesn't always mean leaving a situation. I think that's the paradigm that people get themselves into is they start to think that, you know, the change you need to make involves you leaving all the things in your life, which does work, right? If you pick up your roots and you leave and you land in a new place, you have a new life in some ways, but you still have yourself right there with you. And for sure, you might have a better life in many ways, and it's worth exploring that. But, um, but sometimes the, the right move from a standpoint of what do you want out of life is to work to make things better without leaving, right? Work to make things better in a collaborative way with somebody. And this doesn't always work. That's why it can feel like a trap to people, right? The other person has to be down for it too. You know, you've got to be lucky, right? Like, let's say you decide to stay in your job and try to make it work. Well, it still might not work. It still might not become the job that you hope for. There's a certain amount of luck, a certain amount of strategy that needs to be involved with that. But I think maybe also what happens is that people who are open to pursuing change at first, right? Like being, making the job the best they can make it be, but you lose motivation at some point and you just start surviving. And that makes sense because a lot of times you can only deal with one or two crises at a time. You get three or four crises at a time. And it's like, get in line, you know? But the problem is when these crises are sort of slow moving enough, that plans that you thought were going to be temporary or, right, you thought you were going to have this job and then you're going to get promoted or, you know, you thought the economy was going to do one thing and then it doesn't. You thought your life was going to be one way and then it wasn't. You can find yourself in a very different position than you originally thought you were going to be in and so you can end up being complacent only to have it come back and bite you. And I guess that's really the biggest reason to always be willing to do whatever it is you could do to make a situation better if it's bothering you is because whatever you decide to do that act of of volition the the decision to take action 
is the first step and the first instinct, uh, no matter what action you're going to take, whether it's drastic or small, and you will need to continue to exert it again and again. And, and I'll just say one more thing, which is that, you know, I think when I, my original thought about Stoic philosophy was that it was like Mr. Spock, right? Vulcans are sort of devoid of emotion and, you know, logical and bad things happen. They are, they don't show emotion. But you're stoical. That's what it means in sort of common parlance. But the more I've learned about Stoic philosophy, the more I've come to recognize that Stoic philosophy is exactly this. It's, it's do what you can do and prepare yourself to tolerate the things that you can't do something about, which is doing something about it, right? So it's actually a philosophy of empowerment because in preparing yourself to better handle things that you cannot, uh, that you, that happen to you against your will, that don't happen because of things that you have chosen, that are not the things that you would have chosen to have happened, which happens to all of us in life, in preparing yourself to be the person you want to be under those circumstances, uh, that is the most proactive uh, way to face life. So thank you for listening. We'll talk tomorrow.